We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. have friends in high places. The Ascended Masters, saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They know the trials and challenges you face, and they offer clear and practical tools for overcoming human limitations and guiding you back to the heart of God through your ascension. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, greetings again, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and, I might add, where we keep the flame of life. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today our focus is... Uh, hold on a second, Ross. Um, you know, before you go there, yeah. I would like to say... A heartfelt thank you on behalf of Ross, myself, Sid Bennett, Narely Duffy, and our stalwart production crew, both here and at Voice America, for helping us to achieve a significant milestone. With today's live show, we will have officially passed one million listens. Wow. But wait a minute. Don't you mean listeners? <laughs> well, some listeners have tuned in on a regular basis, so I'm referring to the fact that our listeners to date have tuned in more than one million times to our show, and that means more to us than words can say. Yeah, a simple thank you really seems inadequate, but thank you. Yeah. From all of us here and certainly from the Ascended Masters. Well, amen to that. Well, and speaking of the Ascended Masters, (laughs) our focus today, trying to get it out, is on the question, why am I here? Uh, Okay, so why are you here? Well, probably to keep you out of trouble, Tom. (laughs) Moi? Jesse James to watch the bank, I think. Uh (laughs) Well, you're pretty pretty much of a Boy Scout. A a good thing, I trust. yeah, so, you know, after all, Boy Scouts have good, high, good moral values and yeah. principles. Mm-hmm. Even more importantly, though, I am my brother's keeper. Yeah, somebody's got to look out for you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Seriously, I'm here as we all are to recognize that the true nature uh, of us is as sons and daughters of God. Yeah. We need to comprehend our divine blueprint or the reason for being, and to master our human nature in order to return to the heart of God. That's a pretty tall order. We're here to do all that. Well, yeah, all kidding aside, it's, it's what we're all here to do, frankly. And, and I assume from that you think we can. Well, I think God never gives us anything that we can't accomplish, but yeah. it might take us right to the edge now and then. Uh, been there. Well, yeah, it's a relief to be reminded of that and the fact that we're never alone. You know, God's angels are attending to us constantly. Well, and we've talked about this before. Yep. That's assuming that we've actually invited them to help. Oh, yeah. They will never interfere without our consent. And that's free will and also the subject of another show. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. We, we're barely a minute into the show about why we're here. We've already kind of digressed into the subject of angels and free will. And Boy Scouts. Well, I couldn't help that one. <laughs> yeah. So let's pull the discussion back to what we call our four essential questions. Good idea. And a little comment from 
first about the source of our program content. If you know, oh, right. You know, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for that matter, even if you've been here before, we follow the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Mm-hmm. And these are the saints and sages of East and West from all the world's major religions embracing the unity and common ground that they all share. Mm-hmm. You know, these great teachers have gone before us and show us the way. They've walked where we walk and faced the same challenges we face. And they've done the things that we're going to have to do. Yeah. You know, there's really nothing new under the sun, if you look at it that way. Yeah, right. I mean, and the point is, as the Ascended Masters have demonstrated, We've all got what it takes to claim our victory and win our freedom from this very challenging schoolroom we call Earth. It is challenging. <laughs> but first, it's helpful to figure out just what it is we're here to, yeah, to learn. And yeah, how to are, magnify yeah. the signal strength coming from our higher selves, you know, cut down on the noise. Well, in this process, we've often found that it helps to organize our spiritual journey around those four essential questions. Yep. Who am I? Why am I here? Right. Where am I going and how do I get there? And as we said at the outset of the program, our focus today is on the question, why am I here? You know, and, and for the sake of clarity, let's recap what we've said about the first essential question. Who am I? Well, we were made in the image and likeness of God, for one, mm-hmm. and our, our beings are imbued with his animating spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, that animating spirit is literally the spirit of life. Right, right. And whatever is part of God must, in reality, be one with God. Mm-hmm. Each of us, therefore, is a son or daughter of God with the potential to, ready for it, mm-hmm. become God. Sounds like the title of one of our books. Uh, yes, it does. Oddly. You and I and everybody else are literally a God in becoming. Mm-hmm. And within us resides that personalized portion of God that we call the I Am Presence. Yeah, in speaking of who we are earlier, mm-hmm. we revealed the chart of the divine self. There are three parts to this chart. The top, or Father, is the I Am Presence, which is literally an individualized manifestation of God. And the middle figure in that chart, mm-hmm. right below it, is our Christ or our Buddha self, the Son, mm-hmm. which mediates between our human self below and that God self above. Yeah, our lives, yeah, exactly. I mean, our lives are a process of attaining the level of our Christ or Buddha consciousness in order to achieve the oneness with God we spoke of earlier. Now, that bottom figure, our human self, that's us, is, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's us is endowed with, endowed with the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's the potential to become God. And this is held within the immaculate concept of our true divine nature. Yeah. And within the immaculate concept, our true natures are seen with absolute unadulterated clarity. Absolute. Now, all of our human density will then melt away before that that pure image, mm-hmm. unadulterated image. And it's a sense of this inner divine reality that really compels most of us to, to try to find a spiritual path in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And regardless of what spiritual path we may choose, our underlying spiritual journey is one of self-mastery in which we transcend our human natures to finally and forever reunite with God as God has always intended. That's why he set us out on this purpose. Yeah. So, within the question, the answer to the question, who am I? We also find the core answer to our second question. Why am I here? Whereas the who tells us of our true nature, it is knowing who we are that motivates us to understand why we're here more deeply and to follow the prompting of our hearts and souls in search of truth. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so as we progress along our spiritual path, it's very useful to check in from time to time, kind of a goal-fittedness, yeah. using those four essential questions. And this helps us gauge how we're doing. 
this gives us a little progress meter. <laughs> it makes it basically this makes having spiritual goals a useful exercise as opposed to an esoteric exercise. Well, you know, as you've heard me say many times, if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. Yeah, that's true. Next time we go to the range. So, <laughs> so answering the questions of who we are and why we're here is really helpful because this then gives us the main ingredients for this great set of goals. Yeah, it sure does. And, and the final two questions from the four essential questions we posed at the beginning, and you've got all you'll ever need to formulate not just spiritual goals, but life goals. Which is really what you do. You take the spiritual goals, you convert them into life goals, you begin to achieve those. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a clear sense of who you are, why you're here, where you're going, and how to get there, you know all you need to know to measure any opportunity for the true worth of that opportunity. Oh, exactly. You know, it's something you consider if something that you consider does not correspond to who you are and doesn't support why you're here. It's probably not something you need. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a good yardstick. You know, if you know who you are and why you're here, you can use this measuring stick to apply to your personal life, Mm -hmm. your relationships, your family life, your community life, and obviously to your spiritual life. Uh, Totally. You know, let's change gears uh, a bit here and, and look a little deeper at why we're here from the standpoint of, Karma. Ooh, well, we've all made karma, and a lot of people think that all karma is bad, but there's good karma and bad karma. And one of the reasons we're here is to balance our karma, the good and the bad, so that we can advance to that reunion with God with this clean slate. Yeah. Karma is sometimes referred to as a debt to life. And whatever part of that debt we fail to balance in one lifetime, we are given others that will afford us new opportunities to balance the karmic scales. Well, reincarnation and karma really go hand in hand. <laughs> As we said at the outset, God is the animating spirit of all life. Another way of understanding this is to realize that whatever we think, do, and say is using God's energy. Right, right, right. And if we create well, we create good karma, as you said mm-hmm. before, which is accrued to our cosmic bank account which we call the treasures laid up in heaven. Yeah, and all of those instances where God's energy is not used correctly creates negative karma. Mm -hmm. And cosmic law demands that our negative karma be balanced and transmuted, returning God's misused energy to its original pristine form. So it's a big part of why we're here to balance our karma. A big, big point, yeah. We should point out here that some of our past shows have been devoted solely to the subjects of karma and reincarnation, and we invite you to check out our archive programs for those that may be of interest to you. Okay, now let's peek at our checklist to see how we're doing so far. Well, first of all, we're here to transcend human nature and return to the oneness of God. Check. And we're here to discover our divine self. Check. We're here to balance karma in our debts to life. Check. And we're here to inherit our spiritual birthright, our personal Christ or Buddhahood. Check. We're here to discover our personal blueprint and unique life purpose. Uh, Oops. What? Uh, let's what? let's talk about our individual blueprint, uh, cosmic purpose, that special thing only you are here to do. Oh, glad you caught that. Yeah. Well, what's your special talent? You know, there's something that only you can bring to the world. Well, Tom, it could be a skill. Mm -hmm. It could be this unique talent. It could be an attitude, a feeling, or a really unique perspective on the world. You know, you might be here for a single act, something that could start a chain reaction and change the world, literally. Well, it doesn't really have to be something big and dramatic. It could be a simple act of kindness at the perfect moment. Yeah. A smile, a touch. You know, your purpose could be a perfect act of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It might be a comment, a story, a book a film, a picture, painting. An email to us about your experience with the show. There's that, too. Uh, (laughs) Web radio at (laughs) tsl.org. What what we're here to do might be this act of service to another person or a group or a community, even a city or a country. You know, do not underestimate the power of a right thought, right word, 
or right deed at the right time. Absolutely. Your purpose might be to deliver one powerful idea that ignites the hearts and imaginations of whole generations of people. Well, I'll tell you, every single life is important, and every opportunity to share your unique talents and gifts is precious, no matter how big or small it may seem. Okay. Life purpose. Check. Interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Yep. That's coming up right after the break. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back. Today's interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet is titled Your Divine Blueprint and will focus on the soul's destiny to attain Christ or Buddhic consciousness, the power of your own I am presence, and ridding our consciousness of the concept of original sin and replacing it with the truth of original bliss. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Last time we spoke about the law of the inner self. What is the inner self? The inner self has been revealed to those who have sought that self in many forms. And the forms which the self has taken have determined the course of the world's major religions. Gautama discovered that self to be the Buddha. Jesus discovered that self to be the Christ. But Moses began with the inner realization that for me is 
the cause behind the effect, the real source. When God appeared to Moses out of the bush that burned but was not consumed, and Moses, receiving his commission to go and speak to the people of Israel and to rescue the children from Egyptian bondage, asked the voice that spoke to him, Whom shall I say sent me unto you? And the voice of God spoke and gave the identification that has been for time immemorial the source of light to his people. God said, Tell them that I am hath sent you unto them. And he gave his name as I am that I am. This was the declaration of being. And upon that declaration of being was the mission of Moses. It was power, it was energy, it was consciousness, it was self-awareness. And the Lord said, and this shall be my name forevermore. This name of God is not simply a name, but it is a word that comes out of that word by which all things were made. It is an energy, and when we say that name, I am that I am, we are confirming that the same God who spoke to Moses stands where we stand. I think that that is the very beginning of the science of the splitting of the atom, the releasing of the energy of molecules, of the very nucleus of life, and it is also the beginning of the opening of the inner self of man and woman. I think everybody says, I am, many, many times a day. So are you saying that they're actually naming, naming God when they say, I am? The verb to be is the first statement of being, and as God is first cause, he is being. Some schools of metaphysics and uh, teachings such as unity, teaching affirmations, have taught that what we affirm in a positive way, like Norman Vincent Peale, we bring into our lives, and what we affirm negatively, we also bring into our lives. And so there are those who have evolved statements beginning with, I am, I am well, I am happy, I am whole, and they have cautioned us not to say that I am sick or I am tired or I am unhealthy. So this thought has been glimpsed and it does work. And what we find is that it works not only because of the power of positive thinking, it works because the very name itself releases the energy of God. What is the element of ego involved in this? I think to many people it appears that when one says I am, one is asserting one's ego. Well, it is the divine ego of us all who declares within us, I am. Then we can choose to be that I am. We can choose to be one with that divine ego, or we can rebel against it and say, well, I'm going to be what I want to be, and uh, we can affirm a separate identity from that inner I am, and we can affirm it so long that we eventually lose contact with the inner divine ego, and we live the life of the human ego. You mention Eastern religions and the teachings of Buddha, and you mention Moses and Jesus. Where is the teaching of the I Am found in Eastern religions? In the East, I Am that I Am is pronounced as the Om, 
which is spelled O-M or A-U-M. And it is the other side of the I am that I am. And this is the difference between East and West. In the East, the object of religion and of devotion to God is to go within, to go into samadhi, to go into nirvana. And the going within to the source of energy is reflected in the way of life. And the outer conditions, for instance, in India, the major nation of religion in the East, are poverty, but the people have a very rich inner life. In the West, we find that the goal of our contact with God is to go within and get the flame and draw it forth for the mastery of the matter plane. And so we find that mastery being expressed in our environment. So the mantra that is used in the East to find God, the going within, is the Om. Once we go within, then it becomes the object of the people of the West to draw forth that energy and therefore God gave to us the name Om as I am that I am because it draws forth energy. That is the use of the word. And when the word is repeated as a mantra, I am that I am, I am that I am, it has the effect of drawing forth energy to meet every challenge of our life. Can one use it in a broader sense? Is there more that one can do with it other than simply affirming that I am? I seem to recall that Jesus used the term in many different, uh, many different statements, and I'm curious exactly what we may conclude from that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He actually gave many affirmations which have been recorded in Scripture and many more which were not recorded to his disciples. He taught them what we call the science of the spoken word. And that science begins with God and it ends with God and it places man in the middle as the one who is the instrument for God becoming God. We keep referring to the word and the I am is obviously a reference to the word here. And I know there are many references in the scripture to the word being in the beginning with God. And I'm anxious to hear more about exactly what the word is and uh, what is the relationship between God and his word. What can we learn from that? Well, beloved John says that in the beginning was the word and without the word was not anything made that was made. We find that the word was made flesh and that is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. So the word figures as the second person of the Trinity, the Christ, the Son of God. And its function is creation, the bringing forth out of the Father and out of his law, that which is manifest for us to behold. Uh, the lack of understanding of the word before it is made flesh is that darkness and uh, the light that was not comprehended. So with the coming of the Son of God, we discover the meaning of the word as the Christ consciousness, as the very mind of God, of which Paul said, let that mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This means that we can all become the incarnation of the word. We can all attain to the level of Christ consciousness. In fact, it is our sole destiny to do so. 
and not only to be aware of the self as God, but to be aware of the self as Father, as Son, and as Holy Spirit, or as the Hindus would phrase it, as Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Well, I suppose it's good to say that everybody can become like Christ, but how many have succeeded? Isn't Jesus the only one? And perhaps maybe one or two others? Well, I think that people have an idolatrous sense of Jesus. They worship their own concept of what Jesus was. He is depicted as the perfect master, and he was indeed the perfect master. But he is depicted in people's minds as someone robot-like, perfected in the flesh, so far above everyone else, that no matter how well we do in our daily lives, people think that they can never come close to approximating the life of Jesus Christ. And yet the saints have told us that we must imitate Christ. The imitation of Christ, Thomas Akempis, is a very important Christian work because it tells us that we must try to imitate his life. And Jesus told us, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now many think that it is blasphemy to try to become like Christ, that there was only one Son of God and that no one else can be like him because we are all sinners. It is this concept of original sin carried on and on generation after generation that makes people not even try to master the basic principles of life which Jesus taught. I believe this to be error and to be anti-Christ, and I believe that it deprives Christians, Jews, Muslims, and the whole world of the very essence of the life which Jesus lived. And that essence is, in Jesus' statement, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. This statement is the promise of the Lord Christ himself that we should try to work with him and work with the Father and to be an imitator of his work. If Jesus is giving us this assignment, then he must know that God has placed within us the resources to fulfill it. Well, what are these resources? The basic resource of life is the spark of cosmic consciousness, which is the flame in the heart, the threefold flame of love, wisdom, and power, which is our focal point of the Trinity. And so I believe that Christianity, as well as Judaism and Islam, have been stripped of the very meat of the word because of this making Jesus, Mohammed, Moses, and the great prophets an exception to the rule rather than the rule of living for us all. Now I believe it is the hour for the coming of our understanding of God as mother, a mother who takes her children by the hand and teaches them the wisdom and the law of the Father, a mother of consolation who explains the role of the Holy Spirit as the great comforter and the great forgiver in life. Our understanding, then, is not of original sin, but of original bliss, as we are born of the Father, Mother, God, of Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. As we see our souls coming forth, then, from the Father, Mother, God, we realize that it is not the sin of Adam and Eve but it is the original blueprint of our Maker which endows us with the ability to become joint heirs with Christ, with Moses, with Mohammed, and with Gautama Buddha. 
Thank you very much. You've certainly opened up a number of subjects which will be the subject of further programs on Inner Perspectives. Up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we're joined by our friend, Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are a child of God, and the purpose of your life is to reunite with His heart. But how do you do that? November 25th through the 28th in beautiful Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Summit University will present a special international seminar, Keys to Overcoming, Victory on the Path of Initiation. Join us and learn practical, effective tools for overcoming life's challenges, passing your spiritual tests, and returning home to the heart of God. For over 40 years, Summit University has taught students from around the world how to successfully advance on the spiritual path. Now we wish to share this knowledge with you. Please hurry. Space is limited. For registration information and other details, go to summituniversity.org slash Mexico. Register before September 27th, save $50, and guarantee your hotel space. Keys to Overcoming, Summit University in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, November 25th through the 28th. Register now and save. SummitUniversity.org slash Mexico. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us is Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Hi, gentlemen. So, a question we had during the break was, what about the book Becoming God? Mm -hmm. There's a Becoming God book and DVD, and you can get to the book by going to tsl.org forward slash 7155, and you can also get to the DVD from there, too. Cool. I'm glad you thought of that. No worries. Um, Okay, Sid, (laughs) in your opinion, what's the most important reason why we're here? 
Well, it's not just my opinion. It's what the Ascended Masters teach. Ah. And what they teach us, us, our purpose here, is to find God. Very simple, very profound, but obviously very, very powerful. And, of course, the question people ask is, where do I start? Where do I begin? (laughs) And realize that God will meet you wherever you are. It doesn't matter where you are in the spiritual path or what your existence has been in the past in this life or others. God will meet you where you are. You have a divine plan not only overall, but also for this specific lifetime and what Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be opened. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. But you have to want to do it. You want to say, God, I'm here. I'm ready. Show me the way. Show me how to find you and to do what I'm supposed to do. But, you know, that takes a certain amount of courage because God will answer (laughs) that prayer. And then what are you going to do with it? It's as simple as that. But (laughs) but what else is there to do? Yeah, really. Well, you know, some people might look at the concept of, of a divine purpose or a cosmic blueprint and feel that life is somehow laid out or predestined. Yeah. Is there any element of predestination in, in God's plan for us? Well, we have a destiny. There's no question about that. God created us in the beginning to become co-creators with him. And we've got a ways to go, but we're going to get there by his grace. But we still have free will. And no matter what our destiny may be, if we choose not to fulfill it, we won't fulfill it. It's as simple as that. So there is a plan. There's a divine plan for us. There's timing in our lives. There's people, circumstances. But we have to be willing to walk the walk and path because ulti- you know the ultimate law of God is free will. And so we have to want to do that. And we have to make the effort. Yeah. And then we have to realize that it's God inside of us that's doing us. So it's kind of a Zen teaching. It certainly <laughs> is. <laughs> Maybe we ought to move to the next question before I go much <laughs> Well, no, we, we'll, we'll probably come back to that more than once. Okay. But, you know, and you will note uh, here in the studio that my finger is pointing at me mm-hmm. here. Uh, a lot of us are rather uh, stubborn uh, in our willfulness to <clears throat> pursue our own path. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I mean, is there a limit to the number of opportunities we have to fulfill our unique purpose for being? Well, there is. Every soul has a time, and God is a very merciful God and has given us and is giving us plenty of time. Uh, Because obviously we can't do all this in one lifetime, the whole concept of reincarnation. But at Mm -hmm. a certain point, at a certain time, God respects free will. And if people choose and choose and continually to choose not to become part of God, not to fulfill their divine plan, but to embrace perhaps the darker side of life and identify with evil then at a certain point, God will honor that and will not will withdraw the opportunity from you. And yeah. so there is, as a book in the Revelation, there is a second death that does come to souls, but it's only when they choose it does it come to them, when they choose mm-hmm. to reject God. And, of course, you know, God is a merciful God. We've made a lot of mistakes, made a lot of karma, but he's given us a lot of chance and opportunity to balance that. Is there a way that we would uh, be able to measure the degree to which we have re- remaining opportunity? <laughs> You like know, a little meter or something? I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, I think some of us had a sense that this is the time for us. Mm-hmm. And that I don't say that in a negative sense necessarily, but we have cycles for our path, for our ascension, for our Christhood. Mm-hmm. And many of us feel that, you know, this is the lifetime we're supposed to make significant progress, if not our ascension. And in fact, St. Germain has promised us, if we give the violet flame and follow the path of the ascended masters, we can make our ascension either in this life or the next one, depending mm-hmm. on how old we are and how much karma we have and so forth. So it's very doable. Well, I, I love Tom's idea of the go-to-heckometer or whatever you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what progress meter or whatever it was. You perhaps can divine from that, but I've thought about it more than once. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so let me ask you this, and this is heavy on my mind. Is there any instance or situation in which our Christ or our Buddha selves might abandon us? Never, unless okay. mm-hmm. you want it. Yep. You know, 
free will. Yeah, Jesus is always going to be with us unless we ask him not to be with us, Mm -hmm. um, and so forth. So, again, it goes back to free will. So I I just want to reiterate that God is a loving God. Mm -hmm. He cares for us. But if he didn't give us free will, we'd be robots, in essence, and just... You know, mm-hmm. fulfilling whatever our programming might be. So he loved us so much that he gave us free will. And as long as we are trying and striving and do our best, God is not going to leave us comfortless nor abandon us. I'm sure there's some days he sighs about it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm re- reminded of this that uh, the day, the time is not known to the human mind, but that the timetable for God, in terms of our fulfilling our divine purpose, is written in the book of life or somewhere, right? I mean, it, it's there. And I, you know, if I may go back to the previous sure. question, if I thought of something else, if you study the lives of the saints, there are dry periods. In other words, if you, I'm reading about Padre Pio now, and he went through periods where he thought, thought God had abandoned him. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it's the dark night of the spirit or the dark night of the soul. So there are those periods periods where it seems like the cloud comes over the presence of God within us. That doesn't mean that he's not there. It means that God is testing us. How much do you love me? It, you know, I love in the mother, uh, Mrs. Prophet mentioned uh, the imitation of Christ. And she said, um, you, you know, and I, I have that, by the way, by my bedside. And I think we all should. It's a wonderful book. But there's a, there's a quote in there where he says, you know, everybody loves God and loves Jesus when things are going well. <laughs> yeah, right. It's when they're not going well is the real test. Oh, yeah. So, do we really love God or do we love what he can do for us? You know, interesting you, concept. Sure. Or, well, or whether Gila. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and I remember you, you mentioned Padre Pio um, in Mother Teresa's biography or autobiography. She refers to the fact that she went through years where she thought that God had abandoned her. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, and yet she never lost her devotion. She what, what an amazing soul. Continued to apply yet to the higher goal. Um, well, perhaps we're talking indirectly about forgiveness, but are all who seek forgiveness granted it? Uh, or is there something that a wayward soul must do to achieve atonement and be returned to the circle of God? Well, it's a process. And, of course, the first thing you must do is recognize you've done something wrong, you've made a mistake, you ask God for forgiveness, and God will forgive us. Um, I mean, this is what uh, life is all about, the mercy and grace of God. However, you still have the karma of that. And Mm -hmm. so even though you may be forgiven, you must still balance the karma. And sometimes you can do that physically. Sometimes you do it spiritually, for instance, through prayers or the invocation of the body of the flame. But you still have the karma to balance. Every jot and tittle will be fulfilled. But you, you can be and will be forgiven and believe that. Now, if you just, you know... Uh, Jesus said, you know, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. So if you ask for forgiveness a day and then for the next 10 days do exactly the same thing and ask for forgiveness, you know, that may wear thin, I think, with Uh, with the heavenly hierarchy. I fought the law and the law won. (laughs) Yeah, finally. And and so you do need to be sincere. But I want to add one more thing, and that is sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. Mm And, you know, we've all made mistakes. We've fallen from grace. We've left the, the mystery school of God, of the teachings. Okay. Well, we can ask God for forgiveness, and then we must forgive ourselves and know that we have opportunity, we have life, we can balance the karma. And I love that part, and I forget what part of the New Testament, you know, God will remember their sins no more. Yes. In other words, once you balance the karma, God's forgot them. So Clean we might, slate. You know, right? Clean slate. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so what are some of the ways that we're going to know that we're on the right track in terms of our divine blueprint and achieving that? How do we know? Well, I think, first of all, you can ask God to show you what's your divine plan blueprint. But for all of us, it's to become the Christ or the Buddha. Mm-hmm. So that's our divine plan. That's a given for everybody. So take the steps that are necessary to follow that path. 
And the teachings of the Ascended Masters offer a very detailed and outlined structure and understanding mm-hmm. for how we pursue that path spiritually. And then God will show you, you know, what is the opportunity area? What is your passion? Is it the care of children? Is it, you know, writing? Mm-hmm. Is it art? All those things may be part of the divine plan, but first and foremost, you know, put God first. Seek ye first the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Seek first your Christhood, and all these things will be unfolded to you. Yeah, that's kind of funny you think about that as a young man choosing a career and wondering what I ought to do. I remember asking my father, I'm like, what, what, you know, what should I do? What, what should my work be? <laughs> and he said, well, what do you like to do? And I told him, and he goes, "Great! Now just figure out a way to make money of that." <laughs> and I thought, I thought, you know, this to me, this was the right focus. The focus was, what do I feel called to do? Yeah. What, what is it that gets me out of bed in the morning besides the alarm clock? And then the rest, the rest should follow, right? Right. You know, in in the course of that that doing, uh, you know, we understand that we would never be required to do anything wrong or harmful or illegal, you know, in accomplishing our unique life purpose. What if we're asked to defend ourselves or our family or our country, which may require taking the life of another? You know, what then? You know, the Buddhist philosophy, of course, is to do no harm to animal, plant, or mineral, for that matter, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a very sweet and wonderful um, perspective. However, we live in a plane, a physical plane, where unfortunately there are embodiments of evil, the fallen angels. We've talked about those manifestations Mm -hmm. of evil. And life must be defended. You know, God must be defended within each one of us. Here's an example. World War II, I guess some people talk as, quote, unquote, the last good war. But (laughs) what what would have happened if people have not fought the evil of Hitler and of Japan? We'd be Mm -hmm. speaking German. Well, exactly. And so it's not just that generation, but it's succeeding generations Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. are impacted. And so sometimes you must do things that you don't want to do, but are necessary for the defense of life, for truth, for opportunity. And, you know, where that is, you've got to figure that out. And um, But there are times when you need to do it. Yeah, is there a, a karmic dispensation for well, that? Well, there is. If, for instance, if you kill someone in war, it's a very different matter than if you kill someone out of rage or anger mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get the same karma. And, in fact, if you don't defend life, you make a karma. Yeah. So the, the, the karma of not defending life may be worse than the karma of defending life. And, God forbid, we have to take someone's life. But it may be necessary in the defense of truth. So, in, in you know, it's always a lot of fun to try to explain these kind of things to an eight-year-old. So, when my eight-year-old asked me questions like, you know, when is it okay to fight in a war, Dad? Um, I turned to things like the movie Sergeant York, which was a great example of a you know a, a God-fearing Christian man figuring out how he could fight in a war by framing it appropriately to himself. You know, so that, that was a very interesting one mm-hmm. that that came about, and that was World War One. But I think that same lesson really applies. Well, and I think, too, you know, the other side of this coin is you can't go around jumping into wars because, you know, you feel like it, so to speak. In other <laughs> yeah. words, you have to know what is the time and place, and that's not always easy. Um, oh, but definitely every right. choice has consequences. And so whether it's to fight or not to fight, they both have it. And this yeah. is where you have to pray and ask God to guide us. We have to pray for our leaders. Well, speaking of that, I mean, in that same vein, if we're asked to or prompted to take a stand for, say, the life of the unborn. And that stand requires us to break the law. How do you handle a situation like that? Well, the Ascended Masters teach that we need to follow the laws of church and state or and in the government. And so they do not support or advocate the breaking of laws. We have ways of dealing with these issues, and they should be pursued peacefully. Now, that having been said, uh, and, and one more thing, they, Jesus taught, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. So there's a context for this. In a free society, we have to do things under the law and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, recently, there's been a movement, I think, by the federal government to limit peaceful 
protests outside of abortion clinics. Yeah. And, I mean, that may be an issue of, of mm-hmm. you know, the rights we have, of civil rights. And so, you know, in those kind of issues, you have to use your judgment and so forth. But in general, we want to obey and follow the laws of, of God and of the government. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, we've got to take a break. Don't go away. When we return, we're going to continue our discussion of why we're here with Sidney Bennett. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. You are a child of God, and the purpose of your life is to reunite with His heart. But how do you do that? November 25th through the 28th, in beautiful Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Summit University will present a special international seminar Keys to Overcoming, Victory on the Path of Initiation. Join us and learn practical, effective tools for overcoming life's challenges, passing your spiritual tests, and returning home to the heart of God. For over 40 years, Summit University has taught students from around the world how to successfully advance on the spiritual path. Now we wish to share this knowledge with you. Please hurry, space is limited. For registration information and other details, go to summituniversity.org slash Mexico. Register before September 27th, save $50, and guarantee your hotel space. Keys to Overcoming, Summit University in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, November 25th through the 28th. Register now and save. SummitUniversity.org slash Mexico. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, we are back for more discussion with Reverend Sidney Bennett. You know, now, we've been talking about why we're here, and in our last segment, we got a bit into the subject of karma. You know, of course, this leads inevitably to the subject of reincarnation. You know, how would you tie the subject of why we're here with reincarnation? 
Well, it's very simple. Uh, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense for God to give you one lifetime, and if you don't accept Jesus as your Savior, you know, you spend eternity in hell. I mean, that's a, that's a that this doesn't make sense from a loving God. Yeah. And so God wants us to gain mastery, and so he's given us many, many, many embodiments. Some we've wasted, some we've gone down the wrong track, and others we've made progress. So the, 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 the concept of reincarnation is the mercy and grace of God that allows us time and space to gain our mastery, to get to that point where we say, I've had it with this world, I've had it with this human consciousness, I'm going to find my purpose, I'm going to find God, I'm going to go there, no matter what it takes, I'm going to go walk on that journey. And when we get to that point, I'm sure there's applause in heaven and the angels are singing <laughs> and God's saying, okay, we're ready to go with you and work yeah. with you. Yeah. Great. Well, you know, um, whether we know it or not, uh, we're involved in karmic situations in which we must repay a debt to life. You know, isn't it possible that our life's purpose may be to do just this, you repay one single karmic debt? Absolutely. Before everyone comes to embodiment, they stand before a spiritual body called the Great Karmic Board. And during that period, you review your past, your lifetimes, and what your goals are for the next lifetime. That may be a balancing of a karma. It may be sponsoring certain souls in terms of being a parent. It may be making spiritual progress. They're, they're, you know, everyone's different in terms of what they have. That having been said, there are times when there is a, an opportunity, a greater opportunity than there is in the past. And that is where we are right now. Mm -hmm. We can make the greatest progress right now because of the tools and teachings we have that we have had the opportunity for for thousands and perhaps hundreds of thousands of years. And so the idea is, are we going to take advantage of it? We have these teachings. We have the violet flame. We have this understanding. And even though we may have very specific karmas we have to balance, I think each one of us has a mission to make the greatest progress we can because there is an open door literally right now to, to heaven and the sponsorship of the Ascended Masters, the teachings and the freedom to practice these teachings. It's all come together. We just have to take advantage of it. You know, I, I appreciate that open door plug, Sid. <laughs> um, Checks in the mail. <laughs> and, and, and not all karma is personal. I mean, some karma can right. be uh, community karma or country or, or group. Uh, yeah, group, absolutely. Yeah. Planetary karma. Yeah. You know, many people involved in America today are living in America today were embodied as the ancient Israelites. Um, you don't look for a physical relocation of the lost tribes. A lot of them re-embodied in America. A lot of people that lived on the continent of Atlantis before it sank mm -hmm. are re-embodied in America and North America mm -hmm. and the West and so forth. Why? Because they have that karma, the good karma and the bad karma, so to speak. And if they failed a lesson before... This is the time they have to master it. Mm -hmm. Well, this would seem to, to answer the question, why do certain things happen to me? <laughs> you know, but, it, but it brings to mind a much broader question in my mind, and that is, in, in light of karma and reincarnation, is it possible that there really is no injustice in the world? Well, karma is a law like gravity. And so when karma returns, there's no injustice in returning karma. Um, however, people do have free will, so they can do things that will perhaps manifest the appearance of an injustice mm -hmm. because they can go against God and against the will of God. So it's, as we discussed earlier about evil, evil is not real in the ultimate sense, but there is an appearance of evil in the physical plane because people have chosen to embody that. And that's the same with, with the injustice. True. But if we take the attitude, look, this is a, whatever happens to you, I have sent this forth, it's coming back to me, I need to face it, accept responsibility for what I've done, mm -hmm. balance the karma, learn my lesson, and take that next step. Well, you know, in, in terms of uh, the, the maladies that afflict us, you know, and culturally or whatever, um, the sickness, poverty, you know, things of that nature, those can be perceived as karmic, correct? Well, absolutely. Um, you mm -hmm. know, 
the the test of poverty is a test we all have to, to work through and pass at some mm-hmm. point in our existence. The test of wealth, which for some people is much more difficult, is one we have to pass. So you're going to be having these tests as part of a spiritual path, but you also will magnetize to you based on your karma. You have created your life. You may have chosen poverty. You may have chosen a sickness to learn certain lessons. Or you may have, have wealth as really a difficult test, which it is for many, many people. I don't know if I would mind trying that one out. <laughs> I'm willing to be, you know, yeah. open to it. Yes. Test. <clears throat> Actually, I, I think that the masters say, don't, don't tempt. <laughs> don't ask for more than you can handle. Exactly. Um, you know, if everything, or more or less everything we experience is the result of our karma, then it would seem appropriate to say, Thank you, you know, to whatever comes to us in our lives, yeah? Well, I mean, it seems kind of a contradiction. When something bad happens, you say, thank you, God, for bringing this to me. And yet, that is in reality what you need to do, because many people will shake their fist at God and say, this is an injustice. I've done nothing wrong. Why is this happening to me, my family, a sick child, a loved one lost, and so forth? Well, that gets you nowhere. It is karma. And so you realize it's, there is painful karma, very painful. But you have to thank mm-hmm. God for the opportunity to deal with this karmic issue mm-hmm. because the karma may have been there for thousands of years and God is allowing it in his mercy to come to you now when you have the tools and the ability to deal with it. And that is a grace and something we can all be grateful for. And, and I think it bears repeating the tools and the grace to be able to deal with it that we had said early on in the program and other places too that God truly doesn't give us anything more that we can handle. Well, exactly. And the soul regulates. And sometimes our souls will ask for a greater karma because we want to make greater progress. Mm -hmm. You know, you find children that are born and die, you know, before they reach the age of 12 even. What is that? And many times it's a case where the soul has said, I want to balance a big chunk of karma and I'm willing to do this. And the parents are supporting that soul. And so it's I'm not saying every child that dies is God's will, but many times it is the soul making a choice to Mm -hmm. balance karma in that way. Yeah. Well, would you agree that a really sound and useful spiritual practice would be for us to, whatever happens in our lives, to embrace it and, and be try to have a certain amount of grace and, and be grateful? Well, absolutely. And as, as, as I think we mentioned, you know, attitude is everything. Be ye thankful in all things. And in you know, all things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose. So, you know, when you recognize that, that God, if you ask God to be in control of your life, he will be. And that means you will get tested. Jesus was tested. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. um, we all are tested. That's part of life. But, you know, that's why we're here, to take our tests and to pass them. Well, you know, in terms of dealing with our life challenges, we have that saying, may we pass all our tests. Mm -hmm. You know, is it true that our tests will keep coming to us until we pass them? Well, that's right. And you know what? If you don't pass one, it's coming back again. (laughs) And so if at first you don't succeed. (laughs) So, you know, some of us may be looking at the same test for, you know, a lot of lifetimes. So maybe this is the time. You know, to really get serious and serious about our spiritual path, our service, balancing our karma as mature sons and daughters of God. We've made mistakes, but with God's grace and help, we're going to balance that karma. We're going to move on and we're going to make the spiritual progress we're intended to. Well, I think it bears repeating that the the life we experience is the life that we've chosen. Mm -hmm. The challenges we face, the tests that we hope to pass, you know, I think they've all come about as a result of choice and of free will. Absolutely. Sometimes we wonder about that, but now that we know that, 
Is there any way that we can speed up the process of undoing our negative karma? Well, this is the gift of the violet flame, because there are some things we'll still have to experience in the physical, but the violet flame can transmute massive amounts of karma in a relatively short period of time, and it is the key for Mm -hmm. every one of us making our ascension and for the salvation of this planet. But we have to call it forth. We have to invoke it. We have to draw it down. There's plenty of violet flame in heaven. We have to draw it down to earth in our own worlds, into the economy. Mm -hmm. There's no solution but God and the violet flame can help it. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Um, you know, I want to say thank you again to Sid for um, understanding the teachings of the Ascended Masters so well that you can share that with us. And we want you to tune in next week when we're going to discuss the third question, where am I going? Something we would all like to know. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So until then, remember, though the path upward may be difficult, the rewards are truly out of this world. Thank you all. Thank you. Again, for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.